0: So Welcome to Afro Thrivers podcast. It's my first ever podcast, so I don't know if anybody will listen to this uh, or get benefit from it. But um, I decided to do this, and it's a really important uh, day because it's the day after I shared a poem uh, with my father um, about forgiving my mother. And uh, needless to say, I will be sharing more about my journey to get to this point today where I start my podcast. So it's kind of cryptic and um, it is important to go through a, a whole journey to find your way to peace and there'll always be challenges. So let me start this podcast by saying I've been studying complex complex post-traumatic uh, stress mm-hmm. disorder, symptoms for a while, um, over four years, and that's because I was on a personal quest to understand mm-hmm. my uh, family, um, my background, and how it shaped me, and um, by entering therapy, that was about four years ago or more, um, more I uh, I gained an enlightenment. I gained an enlightenment uh, as to why I was struggling uh, with my relationships, personal relationships, and encountering similar patterns. And I'm just a curious person by nature, anyway, being a creative person. So. Why not figure out what's going on and go back? So, some of the books I've read, um, well, one that comes to mind is Peter Walker's book. And, um, well, I found my whole family in there. So that was one of the first books I read. Um, And he talks about complex PTSD. And um, that really helped me because once you can see oh wow, that's like my brother, or that's like my father, or that be, that's totally... Then you realize these things aren't personal, because I think a lot of the time when you uh, suffer effects of, of emotional neglect or abuse, mm-hmm. um, you know, from, from your childlike state to your adultlike state, there is a sense that it was your fault, because children naturally feel it's their fault if something's wrong with the family. We know that even from divorces, when when, uh, when parents divorce, the children always, when they they grow up, they say, "I always thought it was my fault. Somehow, I was doing something wrong." And the parents are like, "Obviously, it wasn't. Uh, we were going through our issues, etc., etc." So children tend to have that feeling that everything revolves around them. Um, they haven't quite got that sense of uh, separation uh, that you can have two different opinions two different points of view, you can have two different experiences. So, I think Peter Walker is a great book. Uh, his, his work is great uh, to check out one. Uh, Ross Rosenberg, also a fantastic man and writer because I also check out his uh, YouTube videos, but he's written a number of books that I would highly recommend. Um, Lisa Abramano, Interesting as well. I think she was one of the early coaches. I think also has been through it herself. Most coaches, the best coaches I find, have been through it themselves because you have a very good reference point and uh, you've survived it. <laughs> okay, well, this is where I live. It's a little bit busy. Uh, all right, so who else? Dr. Ramani now she's amazing uh, she's somebody I started uh, checking out probably last year last two years maybe and I think her work um, when she started focusing on uh, narcissistic abuse um, you know people took a great interest in her and I think she's built a really good platform around uh, uh, supporting people uh, in uh, uh, understanding what narcissistic abuse is and also (laughs) also how to survive and thrive so i recommend them and there's so many more it's becoming a huge uh, discussion point because i think we see it more and more in society and um, to be perfectly honest i see it as a a fabric in society just like uh, if you understand You understand narcissism you understand a lot about the wider society that we live in uh, racism sexism wherever people are divided wherever people are subjugated so those are the the, the, the authors and coaches i wanted to mention and in terms of uh, youtube videos that uh, really are great kind of narrative narc survivor he's kind of a late come on the scene and uh, he um, creates his beautiful videos with images like he grabs off um, platforms where you get little video sequences with people um, exhibiting different emotions or in an argument or walking away and he uses a score and um, he creates a beautiful narratives, um, with the, from the perspective of, let's see, observing a narcissist and their patterns. I think that's how I can put it. And, um, yeah, he's blowing up online. So it's, it's its own little world in a sense, but it's a pity that not, not enough people know about it, I think. Um, because, you'll find that you can encounter people displaying this in every walks of life, from family to work to um, institutions, large institutions, etc. So, I don't know what to say in Mm -hmm. my first episode because there's so many things to say on the subject, but um, probably people uh, might want to know a little about this African aspect Mm -hmm. that I brought in. It's something that... um, well, I noticed because I also study history and when I look at colonialism or I look at uh, the enslavement of the African people or enslavement of other people, but the thing is the Africans was pretty much en masse, so let's just focus there and um, and also the colonial period, which also affects the southern hemisphere mainly. The point is that, oh man, it's so don't want to repeat this so you have to bear with me. When I look at my family, uh, growing up, you're coming from a family who, parents who lived through a colonial period, at the end of colonialism. So that was kind of a harsh time in the sense that for many people you couldn't be yourself. Let's put it like the most simplest way. In the most simple way you had to be somebody else to survive for the most part most schools you had to speak uh, the language of the colonial and you were uh, you were punished uh, for speaking your own native so-called language you had to wear the colonial's outfits for work you had to work for them and pretend to be happy Uh, because if you look displeased you knew that you were going to lose in some way some power some finance some accessibility and that is the narcissist tool is to to divide people or divide a group give one group benefit and to give the other group scorn and disadvantage but let them fight amongst each other while we take the prize and isn't that what happened in Africa? Isn't that what happened in other parts of India? The caste system? Isn't that what happened in America during the enslavement? were so born and so for financial gain. how could that come about there are many terms that i used when discussing the subject that i discovered on my journey and uh, i'm hoping the people who come on board here that they feel i'm talking about things that they haven't heard before if, if, if you guys feel that then you know, just maybe look it up or send me a message but i try mm-hmm. to just jump straight in um, and then you know you can walk backwards So, the only way that, uh, and my mind goes in many, many directions, so bear with me, but the only way that you can accept that a group of people can be enslaved or kidnapped or, or destroyed is by dehumanizing them. How do you dehumanize them? You create an image of who they are. If I control your perception, I control you. And that's exactly what the mass media is about, from the printing press, to the silent movie, to the toolkis, now to social media let's in cable, TV, etc, etc. It's all about image making. So the person who controls the image making process controls the perception of the person viewing the image. But the best way to do it is to make it a structure that is so embedded, it's invisible. So colonialism and the family structure, you've got a whole group of people, whole population of people who have been disconnected from their culture in, in, in some senses. Now those who were enslaved were totally disconnected, no language, no history, nada. You start here your history starts from enslavement so that that is already a, a shock to the system to millions of people on africa you were able to retain a dual identity which is also very interesting so that's where my family comes from so coming out of colonialism those same patterns of behavior leaked into the family structure same thing in america you can see it in the most uh, toxic families they repeated patterns of the so-called slave master the whipping the name calling the put downs the punishment the degradation you do what you see Sometimes these things were done to protect oneself, that's the irony of it. You would put down the the achievements of your child because you didn't want the so-called master to take them and use them or sell them because those bodies had value. And generations later, they are people of color, will also not shout out about the talent of their children in school. It's just almost, it's like, no, no, I don't want him to be, it's just, it's just under the surface, almost in the fabric, I don't want to highlight my child's achievements because he may take taken away and it's a weird thing because it's not something conscious actually seen this being discussed, um, where a woman mentioned that, um, about being, I think like right in the 60s, 70s, in America, where, where where the parents also would find it difficult to, to praise their children, because there was this feeling that it wasn't the right thing to do, but not knowing where that lies, and um, not to say that there are millions and millions of African and African American and uh, Afro descendants, etc., who praise their children and uh, really do a wonderful job. I am talking about those who have suffered and have been unable to do a wonderful job, and uh, how those who have been affected by it can survive and thrive. So that's just one of the links. And uh, in my family, I would say, in particular. There was a lack of discussion of emotions now imagine you're coming from a war-torn country for example where discussing emotions could get you killed okay or it's a British stiff-off-a-lip kind of attitude where right? you don't show emotions the higher up you get in the social ladder basically only poor people show emotions that's a very British thing that's uh, very much the way I was raised in a subtle way nobody actually gave me a script and said you do not show emotions and that is weak and that just poverty but my uh, central caregiver which would be my mother although I lived with both my parents regular family in that sense uh, we all grew up together under one roof uh, but of course things started to be revealed as we grew older in the age of six or seven I think my life started to shatter and I realized that my parents were not um, the people that I imagined them to be, just perfect, amazing, uh, infallible. I think that, you know, it's not that I wasn't aware there were issues, (laughs) but I think episodes where it was like, wow, okay. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a very interesting process. thinking what else to really say for my first podcast ever. <laughs> um, well, if you are you know, in a family uh, where you have this Afro aspect meaning, you know, and it could be Afro-Latina families, you know, or uh, or Latina families. It's just something about uh, people of color and you know, even Japanese cultures, you know, this kind of suppressed emotion in a way that you're, you're encouraged not to show emotion and not to speak up, and and it's very unhealthy. And I just realized that there was some, some kind of pattern in, uh, in the African households, you know. Uh, you could be African, but, you know, never lived in Africa, that's what I mean the systematic, yeah, narcissistic streak that, that I knew didn't come from the air. And uh, in my family, the, the fact that we didn't talk about emotions uh, and the fact that we have possibly two narcissistic parents, I wouldn't want to... Uh, diagnose anybody but just from my experience it's possible it's definitely one uh, possibly two or just an enabler um, okay. which is also as bad in terms of the effects on the children uh, I just think that yeah I wish I had heard somebody talk about the, the African aspect the, and how how the uh, slavery enslavement of people I like to say and uh, genocide, colonialism, all these very highly manipulative and destructive forces uh, have affected people today and uh, generations since and still to come. But by understanding narcissism, it's helped me. It doesn't mean it sorted everything out, but at least it helps me to go, okay, I get the picture. I understand why certain things are the way they are. Not everybody has good in their heart unfortunately and not everybody will be kind to you because they just want you to be happy um, but by understanding narcissism you understand you understand when things go down the pan sometimes as they do uh, you can actually go okay this was my part and uh, I just didn't I didn't do my background checks how many times have people gotten into relationships uh, you know after day one thinking oh my and it's it's interesting the same aspects that those who are abused by narcissism and those who have narcissism for example both want a relationship (laughs) usually and both are quite quick but the thing is that those who've been in narcissistic relationships usually if they want to heal start understanding that you don't know somebody after a few dates, and uh, it doesn't matter how much they tell you that you're similar, it doesn't matter how much you feel like you're soulmates, it doesn't that's all well and good, but if you've come from a dysfunctional background, hopefully you are wear it. time to create that. You have to go through experiences. So if your parents never allowed you to date when you were young at all because of their culture, let's put it this way, anybody who called up my house asking me on a date got hung up on. I didn't even know anybody was asking me out on a date for years. I just would hear the phone go, click. Those are the days when you, <laughs> you didn't have a mobile. Not every kid had a mobile for sure business people at that time my mom so the point is that I didn't get that chance to I did date but it was all behind my parents back which meant I couldn't ask them for any support I couldn't go to them it was just like nope 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 we we do not it doesn't exist in fact sex oh my god sex no 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 I remember watching um, uh, VHS, VHS videos at the time and any time Scene of even kissing, like, come on, it was like forward. So, anybody who uh, who, who recognizes that will remember those days. Um, so, it was like fast forward. So, it, it became you know, it's like a taboo, it's very sick. And then, of course, you got the religious aspect. So, you're in a Catholic household, uh, you know. Is subscribing to a faith that's not African, let's say that, for a fact, may have elements in it, um, uh, rooted, possibly from, but it is not. It was also used to subjugate and divide people, um, we know that now, um, but there are enough people who subscribe to the religion to keep it alive, and there are many positive things about, uh the themes within every religion but it has been used for power and control for the main part and I do have family members who were part of that on a higher level formally and uh, well I mean they also saw that it was a veil for many things the higher up you go so for the most part the people on the ground want to do good But those who make the main decisions possibly do not want to do good, and it's important that one understands that. So, we're 22 minutes in. I don't know how long I should make this. It is the first one, and uh, I'm going to share it and see what happens. But, uh, uh, yeah, I've I've made peace, and that's probably why I can make this podcast. And it doesn't mean the life's perfect. still to me and now because I've gone through that process while we were being divided before and uh, which families do sometimes you know everybody's chasing the love of the parent you know and uh, <laughs> they keep you fighting each other for that that's a simple system and that's what the narcissist does because they they, they don't understand what authentic love is which is based on freedom the person will see you when they want to see you and Go when they want to go. And, you know that's what it is. But this person can't stand to be left behind, so they will use every tool to keep you there, even if you're unhappy. That's always shocked me about narcissism. There's somebody wants you in their life, even when you're unhappy. Then you realize that you're unhappy. This is what fuels them. That's when it gets sick, and that's when you get disappointed. When the mask falls off, when you realize that this person is actually happier. some will possibly come and try and save you having actually initiated the conflict having caused the injury it's very interesting it's like um I was thinking about I like using anecdotes or analogies. So for example there's this uh, disease I don't know what it's called where people feel the need to help others so they can in the extreme case they cause illness in their own children so they can take them to the hospital so they can go through that whole procedure and then, like, oh, I was taking care of you in the hospital and I brought you back, or, or do that in the home uh, with, a, with a family member mm-hmm. that they're supposedly looking after, but they're actually being detrimental to, them, to their health, uh, possibly killing them. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things mm-hmm. where you go, wow. When you don't know about it, you don't believe it's ever possible thing is, once you've seen it, you never forget. Once you've seen that kind of behavior, you never forget. And I think the hardest thing is when you see it in your own family members, in your own parents, in your own mom. to recognize that she gets pleasure from your pain. So I think I'll end it there, 25 minutes in. Um, I hope it gives you a little bit of introduction to me. Uh, I'm not one of those who who uh, who is into like creating my own platform around this subject. Uh, I do want to share it though, and I do want people to. be a life coach in future on the subject, I'm trying to build that eventually, because I also find that uh, I learn a lot from discussing it with people who are going through it, so there's always more for me to learn, I'm still growing, but uh, yeah, so anyway, if you have listened to this, and uh, you're from any culture that, uh, I would say, outside of the norm, any culture that has, uh, or whatever, you know, been an outsider, let's put it like that in an outsider uh, and in a in a space where being you uh, somehow wasn't on <laughs> oh I don't know anyway that's it so I hope uh, you enjoyed listening to this and uh, listen to more I will try and be consistent but to be honest I don't know but I will try to be consistent and not upload more Content. So I'm your Narc Thriver, (laughs) the Afro Thriver from surviving to thriving. Let's discuss toxic mothers from an Afrocentric point of view. All right, see you next time.